0: Good day, good day, everyone. This is your host Lamont Patterson, and you're listening to Can kind of Play a Play. Thought I'd start off with a little bit of the whispers, but I changed my mind. And so here we go. Matthew, good day to you.
1: Good day to you, sir. How are you doing?
0: I am too blessed to be stressed.
1: <laughs> I get—I it I don't know where you get these from, but you get some good ones here. I like that one. Too blessed to be stressed. Well, we're going to talk a lot about stress and anxiety today, so maybe uh, Peggy will have some information related to too blessed to be stressed.
0: And I know but, I know, by the end of well, well, Peggy's already all right with me because I read something about she's a motorcycle rider, so we already cool.
2: No, I'm okay.
1: Where did you leave that?
0: I've something about Peggy said She's a motorcycle rider So she's good with me So she don't say nothing else all day long But motorcycle, we okay
1: Oh really? That's good Do you know I ride a motorcycle too? Of course I told you that?
0: No, you didn't tell me that I said of course
1: Oh, okay
0: Peggy, so, are you with I didn't
1: with tell me? you, I was
0: Hello, Peggy.
2: Hello. <laughs> Hi, Peggy. I I, I should uh, rev my motorcycle so you can hear it.
0: No, I already told Matthew that you're okay with me. If you didn't say nothing else today but motorcycle, and he didn't understand. <laughs> he didn't he didn't understand where I got that from. So <laughs>
1: I think that's in the long version. I think that's in the long version of Peggy's bio someplace
0: i, I don't you've been
1: to ride with Peggy.
0: I don't know, <laughs> Peggy if we need to let him in on our secret or not.
2: Oh, I don't know. Maybe we should keep him in the dark a little longer. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think so. I think so, too, because it's going to, it's going to, ooh, boy, it's going to, you just don't know how it's going to affect him the whole show, because he won't be able to figure that one out, so let's keep him in the I dark a little while longer.
1: I can't believe this. I've been on this in this show for like three minutes already. I'm getting abuse. Usually it takes like eight or nine minutes. He must be in special, special place today out there in California, you know.
0: Would you say it usually take a whole eight or nine minutes? But you down yeah. to three to get. To
1: the That's right. <laughs> That's right. You got three minutes, two and a half minutes to be exact, before you know. I usually give me like an eight nine minute break there, so I catch my breath. But I guess today is going to be a hard day for for me. So feel sorry for take we'll well, Maybe you we'll can help it. me out.
0: Well, Peggy got the magic. She's a bike rider, man. What do you want? What do you want?
1: Well you got do you have anything else to say about Peggy? She's a bike
0: rider.
2: Uh oh, now now I'm getting nervous. <laughs> hey, hey, she
0: she's she, she's a female bike rider.
1: Oh, you're psychic. I think you're psychic.
0: Peggy, <laughs> I'm gonna
1: introduce you, but I wanna make sure I'm saying your last name right. Is it pronounced SEAL fun?
2: Perfect. Absolutely. Oh, good.
1: Okay. I'm going to introduce you, and then uh, we're going to go back to uh, Lamont abusing me and talking to you, okay?
2: <laughs> okay. All right.
1: So Peggy Siofon is a personal development coach, a productivity strategist, a motivational speaker, author, and internationally known as an expert in overcoming stress and anxiety, which I get a lot of questions about,
3: <laughs> certified
1: In a variety of life-changing modalities from ancient wisdom teachings, mindfulness, and spirituality To training in functional medicine, modern psychology, energy medicine, nutrition, and neurosciences Peggy develops effective protocols for dealing with health issues, relationships, work, and life purpose To supercharge one's life Her integrated life coaching system is a customized, fast-track approach to awaken personal balance and ignite the inner source of empowerment. Her best-selling book is Escape from Anxiety, Supercharge Your Life with Powerful Strategies from A to Z. She's just published Embodying the Power of the Zero Stress Zone a compilation of the teachings of world-renowned spiritual master Yogi Amrit Desai at StoneWaterStudioBooks.com. Her books are also available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Peggy, thanks for joining us today. And uh, we have a lot of questions to ask you, but the subject we're going to talk about is powerful secrets that can supercharge your life and your relationships. And And one of the first key points you've got here has to do with fear, stress, and anxiety, and how to manage or eliminate them from your life. So I'm going to let you respond to that initially, and then we'll go wherever feels right.
2: (laughs) Well, let's see. How much time do we have? And thank you for that wonderful introduction. I I appreciate that. We have about
1: 55 minutes. (laughs)
2: <laughs> okay, well then I can probably answer the question. But um, really, thank you both for having me on. And Matthew, You're I'm welcome. I'm excited to be here with you. And um, I, I should just share with you a little bit of stress I had in getting here because I'm actually on a road trip right now and could not find a place to pull over. So I am literally on some podunk road in the middle of Alabama, sitting in the weeds talking to you. <laughs> My goodness,
1: Alabama. Well, good luck Beautiful Alabama, fortunately it's not
2: raining That's good So here's the thing Um, We all have stress And stress is just a normal, normal human response to life And some stress can be good and productive However, if we're constantly tense, anxious, and fearful We literally lose our coping skills And it affects every part of our lives. It affects our health. It affects our relationships. For instance, if someone makes a disturbing comment, and especially our partner, we can often just become enraged because we've lost our perspective and we're not really looking at what else they're saying might mean. Instead, we're just reacting with stress and fear and an emotional response. So we interpret their comment is a threat, and we end up behaving badly. And when this happens often, this can really affect us in many, many ways, which hopefully we can talk about a little more over this time that we have together.
0: So what's a good stress? I mean, I heard you say that. It was a good stress a good anxiety? I think it was good anxiety. Wasn't so it?
2: A, a good stress is uh, being on radio with you and your partner there, and uh, a good stress is getting a new job, uh, being in a new relationship, having a baby. All these kinds of very exciting, positive life changes are stressful, even though it's a good stress. And, again, even if we don't deal with those by mindfulness and paying attention to them, they can rage out of control so that it actually, even the good stress can become harmful. So it's being aware of it.
0: Like a Certainly heart attack, maybe.
2: The good stress better because it opens up new dimensions of our lives.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. So, um, I'm interested in the kinds of things you suggest to people to either manage or eliminate anxiety, um, Peggy. I, I have a number of clients who who talk about anxiety. Often, and I'm always interested in other professionals' points of views about how to me, deal with it. Cause me, so...
0: me, me, <laughs> me, <laughs> me, me. <laughs> like a little kid jumping up in school with his
2: hand up. <laughs> me, me.
1: You have you have anxiety.
2: I hear oh, you. Shit. So many people today suffer from anxiety, and you know what? There's over 40 million people in the U.S., and what's really sad is that we're seeing it in children as young as seven. So anxiety is really becoming an epidemic and really pervasive, and the first step in dealing with it is really becoming aware that you're suffering it in the first place. Many of us go through mindlessly. We just are in reactive mode to things that are happening in our lives, to emotions that are coming up, and we're just in this inability to cope. We just get in this crippled, paralyzed state of being, which is very difficult to work through when you're really not aware. So the first step is really becoming aware of the things that are stressing you, the things that might be creating some anxiety. And oftentimes anxiety is really bubbling up from the unconscious and from things that have happened in our past, experiences, messages we've gotten from parents, teachers. And these bubble up in ways in the present that form these anxiety reactions. That again Mm -hmm. are so. What is really helpful after one is aware is to begin to interrupt those patterns, because what happens is what I found with my clients, which is, and even with myself, is that certain stress and anxiety become patterns and habits of behavior. So something happens, we react in a conditioned behavior that. Brain literally in our pathways in our brain. So in order to change that, we have to interrupt those patterns. We have to be aware that that we're in those patterns, and then we have to stop them. So there are many different ways. In fact, my book, Escape from Anxiety, I have over a hundred different strategies because different people respond to different strategies. One of the simplest is once you're aware, to sort of step back from the moment and just take a really big, deep breath. And let go with a big sigh, a nice long sigh. And what that does is instantly signal the nervous system to calm down. And that helps begin to interrupt that pattern.
0: Peggy, do you find out the hardest part for individuals is becoming aware in the first place?
2: It is very difficult because the world we live in today, honestly, we are so conditioned being in stress and in anxiety. Our world feeds the fears and it's hard for people to sometimes recognize it, which is why I really got into coaching because that's what I help my clients do. And A funny story about one of my clients, I make them be accountable for working on techniques that can help interrupt these patterns. So I had taught this one particular client uh, a very simple breathing technique that she had to do every day so that that would become a habit and a coping skill that would be available to her. So I coach on a very regular basis, and and this particular client knew that they were going to be talking to me this particular day, but they didn't really feel like doing this breathing technique. They didn't feel very stressed. But since they knew they were going to have to be accountable to me, They took that time to go and do it and did not realize how stressed they actually were until they did it. And it just brought them down to a much calmer, peaceful level. So you're right. Awareness is tough to cultivate, which is why sometimes it's helpful to have a coach or a friend who can really help reflect those moments that you might not be aware of.
0: That's powerful because I find that a lot of professionals They don't really, well, I guess they do. I was just going to say they don't realize they are in a pattern, but I think they do realize they're in a pattern, but they become so comfortable with it. They become so comfortable with it over time, and they really don't know how to get out of it because it's a day to day routine that they just kind of got used to being in.
2: Absolutely, and habits are comfortable. That's why we develop habits. We brush our teeth in the morning. We brush our hair. These are all really good habits. And what happens when we get into these stressful or anxious habits is, yes, there's a certain comfort level and familiarity with it. And, in fact, I'm working right now with a woman who has post-traumatic stress disorder. And as we're working to dismantle these reactions and this really dark, negative place that she goes, She has a certain fear that if she eliminates that, what's going to take its place? So she's actually familiar with the fear and these horrible feelings, and she's almost more comfortable with that than clearing it out. However, she's now begun to get glimmers of what it feels like without it, and it's much easier. Life is more effortless when you eliminate um, the heaviness and the burdens and uh, the traumas. And we can, and that's one of the biggest takeaways for your listeners is no matter where you are, you have the potential to really change and grow and develop better patterns that really serve you more fully so that you can, as I like to say, supercharge your life.
1: Peggy, could you say something about what's called the Zero Stress Zone? That's part of the title of the book, one of the, the last published books you have embodying the power of the zero stress zone. Could you talk about that for a moment or two?
2: Oh, sure. I'd love to. Um, I'm sure you know what the zone is. We all experience the zone at one time or another. Athletes get into the zone, performers, artists. And it is that just effortless place that you get into where everything just comes together. And oftentimes if we get involved, let's say, in a project or a task that we're really enjoying and we thought, okay, we'll do this for a half hour, and all of a sudden we look at our watch and, oh, my gosh, five hours have gone by. Where was I? And so you disappear into this zone, and most people access the zone unconsciously, mindlessly. And so what I teach people to do is how to access the zone consciously. And I'll tell you a quick story because I'm a big tennis player and um, I love watching the big matches. So in January at the Australian Open, a relative unknown, Misha Zavarev, was playing number one in the world, Andy Murray. And it was a remarkable match. And Misha beat number one in the world. And so the interviewer ran onto the court, threw a microphone under Misha's face and said, Misha, how did you do it? And Misha just shrugged his shoulders and he said, I don't know. He said, I felt like I was in a coma. Hmm. So, fascinating right that you feel like you're in a coma yet he just beat number one in the world so the zone is this place where mind body heart and spirit come together in an integrated way that allows you to really optimize every aspect of body and mind so that you can really perform and be in your greatness in that moment and when you can consciously tap into that place you can accelerate your ability to be in that moment and in that space and to be more productive and happier and really be able to supercharge everything in your life more often and more regularly and be able to really be who you want to be, not who stress and anxiety and fear has sort of paralyzed you into being. Does that make sense?
1: So, yeah. So how do you access it?
2: you got to read my book no um you access it by again being aware of of the impact of stress and anxiety and interrupting it by taking time out by taking pauses where you can slow down your breathing when we're stressed what happens we have this biological survival mechanism that kicks into high gear and all these uh, cortisol, adrenaline, all these stress hormones are released. It pumps up the heart rate. It pumps up our breath. And so we're really supercharged in a way that is um, allowing us to run away from the predator or fight the predator. So all the energy goes into our extremities. And siphoned away from non-essential functions such as digestion, our immune system. So when that happens, it's meant for short bursts. And when we have it over long periods, that's when we really are depleting our abilities to perform. So it's really helpful to quiet the nervous system by just Mm -hmm. taking a time out, quieting the mind, quieting the body, quieting the breathing, blowing the breathing down. I actually have a a free audio that I'd love to offer to your listeners, which I call three minutes to de-stress. And so in just three minutes, you can shift from that hyperactive hormone-releasing stress level to really quiet, peacefulness, harmony, and you function so much more optimally in that zero-stress zone zone. So, your listeners can access that at 3minutes2destress.com, and that's the numeral 3. Oh, okay. So, three that's a simple stress. technique.
0: 3 minutes dot to stresscom To
2: de stress.
1: De stress. Yes. 3
2: minutes dot destresscom
1: So, the breathing that you're talking about is deep breathing, right?
2: Slow breathing, not hyperventilating, but just breathing in through the nose and exhaling in a slow, steady stream so that you're just quieting your system down and giving yourself permission to take that time to do that. We are so rushed in our lives and we are so over-programmed and over-stimulated that it, it becomes difficult to carve out those periods. And that's why I've started with just offering a three-minute timeout. This is like a little pause. I call it a productivity pause because by taking that little timeout, it actually gives you back your connection to your power center and to all your capacities in a much greater way than, obviously, when you're stressed, you're shutting down all your capacities and you're just in survival mode. So it's important to quiet the survival mode and come into your greatness, come into your fullness, and really be all who you are.
1: Does
2: that make sense?
1: Yes. So um, how would you say we could detect the difference between normal anxiety and and anxiety that's really destructive to us?
2: There are some really good that we need to pay attention to, and most people don't. (laughs) Uh, Things like um, over-exaggerated worries, uh, insomnia, recurring nightmares, headaches, being accident-prone, and just an inability to cope with everyday activities, addictions, depression. All of these things are symptoms, and again, you know, our culture tends to Treat these symptoms by suppressing them. You know, give us a pill, right? Or we cut out a tumor. But the real imbalance is within us, and we get into these patterns of behavior that are really hazardous. And because they're unconscious, we have to really bring ourselves back to that awareness about them. Does so we
0: forgetfulness have to get to the does, does forgetfulness fall in there too?
2: Yeah, but here's the thing. You know, if if you can't sleep one night, that's not a sign. But if you can't sleep for a week or three weeks, I have a client who um, has been feeling that his whole business is crumbling and crashing, and he's terrified that he's going to not only lose his business but lose his lifestyle, his house, his wife will leave him. So he has all these exaggerated fears about this. And as a result, he's not sleeping. And not sleeping actually reduces our coping skills even more So it detaches us from our ability to make good decisions and have good judgment. So he's in this busy. And so we've been working on techniques to help him come back into his understanding about himself and resolve his situation very logically and simply and finding solutions instead of just being overwhelmed by all the problems. And he's Mm -hmm. been going through this for a few months until he came to me and now he's beginning to, quiet that down and recognize the reality rather than all these, you know, fears and exaggerated concerns that she has. So insomnia is a really good clue for a lot of people, especially today, because we are such a country of insomniacs. And, again, if it's for really long periods, pay attention. You're not you're functioning well and you're probably gaining a lot of weight also because when you don't sleep enough you tend to crave carbs and there's also cortisol release that mm-hmm. tends to uh, really upset your nutritional balance. So
0: does somebody tell you a- I've been eating jelly beans at night?
2: <laughs> oh, now you really hit a chord because sugar is one of the worst things. And uh, what's so interesting is there's all these studies that have come out that have shown that sugar is actually uh, eight times more addictive than cocaine. So, And there's no nutritional value. All, all sugar does is really spike our system, and then we crash and burn after we've had the sugar high. You see young children spinning around in circles like whirling dervishes, And then suddenly, you know, the sugar wears off and they crash. So really good idea to uh, take some steps to eliminate those jelly beans at night.
1: Mm. Gotcha. you. You're really eating jelly beans at night.
0: Um, I guess I'm just a, such an honest person, man. Maybe I need to stop telling on myself.
2: <laughs> Actually, it's great that you're aware about it, right?
0: Yeah. I agree. Because if I don't verbalize and look at it, I won't do nothing about it. But since right. I spoke it, then I can fix it.
1: So you learn something, exactly learned something, Matthew. You something. I did. I spoke <laughs> it, I can fix it. I learned two things. I learned I'm so blessed that I'm destroyed. How did you say that? I'm so blessed. Blessed to have no stress, too blessed to be stressed, too blessed, oh to be stressed. nice, that that's better. beautiful, so Peggy, can you talk a little bit about mindfulness i we hear uh that's a phrase I mean a word that gets used a lot these days, and i'm I'm assuming it comes out of some of your kind of connection to Buddhism um at least as it's come to America but uh, when you talk about mindfulness, what what are you talking about?
2: You're so right. I mean, I, I, I have developed such a blend of Eastern and Western modalities in my work, and, and mindfulness is really a powerful way to stay in the present, to really be in the now. So it's about paying attention on purpose and <laughs> being aware of this very moment. Rather than worrying about what just happened or maybe what's Potentially going to happen, but hasn't happened yet. And so it's really about being able to stay within the reality as it is and also notice whether we're being present with what is or our emotions are reacting to what's happening in front of us and interpreting it in a way that isn't productive, that really upsets us, makes us angry, all those kinds of reactions. Uh, can be harmful. And again, those types of responses often come from some past experiences that's being replayed in the present because of some trigger in the present. Does that make sense?
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, this this book, uh, Embodying the Power of the Zero Stress (laughs) Zone, uh, is uh, from the teachings of Yogi Amrit Desai, and uh, could you tell us a little bit about him?
2: He is extraordinary, truly, and I am so privileged to be in his lineage and to have learned from him. And he was really one of the first to bring yoga to the West uh, in the 60s. He is from Gujarat, India, and what he has done with the yoga that he has brought to America is really give it the fullness of understanding in terms of how it can be applied to our culture and really infusing it with all the ancient wisdom teachings and allowing us to be able to adapt it to our lifestyle. So it's not postures. So many people think yoga is, oh, I'm not flexible. I can't do that. I can't bend that way. And really the postures is just one little part of yoga. And it's just an opportunity to notice and to come into awareness. So, for instance, if you do a posture where you're pushing your arms in a certain way where you kind of feel really edgy and your shoulders are starting to ache, it's really about coming into awareness about what's happening in your body rather than criticizing or judging yourself because I, I can't do this, I'm not as flexible as that person, or I'm not able to perform that, so I'm no mm-hmm. good. And instead, it's really about teaching yourself about yourself and being in awareness. And more importantly, it's really about moving the vital life force energy through your body, which yogis call prana. So it's really about mm-hmm. awakening the pranic flow in a way that is really productive for your health, for the way you view the world, the way you view yourself, the way you want to show up in the world. And so learning the techniques from such a master is a powerful connection to our own humanity, our own evolution, and our own potential for more evolution and more growth. So it's it's very exciting. And I really encourage people who are interested in, in really drilling down to the essence of life and meaning and understanding. Uh, The book really offers some tremendous insights as well as some really clear techniques for how to enter the zero stress zone and how to live your life from that place, which creates so much more effortlessness. It's just easier. We don't have to suffer. We don't have to struggle. And yet so many of us choose that path. So time to change
0: question. You you just have said they they choose that path. Uh, Does most people know that they're on that path or they just wind up on that path from society and from their parents?
2: I think a lot of it is just that. We get conditioned to certain behavioral patterns and we follow our tribe, our families, our communities, and we become... This will sound judgmental, and I don't mean it this way, but it's just a way to express it. We actually become robotic, where we're not really being in our skin, in our bodies, in our essence of who we are. We're just sort of following along, and then we find ourselves suffering and struggling. Why? Because we're not really being connected to our own inner, true nature, and that is so much more important than anything else because in order to really be successful, in order to really be able to give to a relationship, you have to have you in, in your fullness, in your glory, and be able to be connected with all that you are so that you have more to give to another person, to the world. And it makes a big difference when you are able to take the time and understanding to shift your path if it's not working for you. Again, I think too many of us. I myself, when before I got involved in this work, I thought my pattern was to struggle. I had to work harder and and I had to suffer in order to succeed. And what I've discovered, not just through this work, but just through life experiences, is that that is very much a choice. And there are many ways. To uh, be more uh, caring for ourselves in how we cultivate our lives, and and the opportunity to give ourselves permission to really uh, to really uh, integrate aspects of skills into our lives that allow us to just be better and be happier. I mean, look, I think at the end of the day, we all want to be happy. We want to be in good relationships. We want to feel productive. I think there's some basic human interests and needs. And I think sometimes we go about them uh, blindfolded and thinking, well, to get to that end point, we have to go through the ditches and the swamps. And Mm -hmm. uh, there's an easier way. We don't have to go through all of those difficult trails, and if we take the time to step back and, again, connect to our inner guru, our inner GPS system, we have an inner wisdom, and if we connect to that, it opens up whole new vistas, and we become so much more expansive than we ever thought possible.
0: like, seems like what I'm hearing, Peggy, is a lot of this is fixing self.
2: Absolutely. We all have to work on ourselves. We are all a work in progress, always. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. part of our humanness, is we're evolving.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Matthew, Peggy, I think we have somebody else that might want to add or ask a question. Three, four, seven, you're on.
3: Okay, I have a question. Can somebody give themselves a heart attack? Why I say that is because... A few months ago, I was detected with breast cancer. I was so overwhelmed by the chemo treatment that I was hyperventilating. And then before I had the third treatment, I ended up in the hospital with uh, fourth stage heart failure. And I realized I don't think I was healthy enough to take the chemo. But I think I gave myself the heart attack by having these panic attacks. I didn't know they're panic attacks until somebody told me. So I was wondering, can you your whole body get affected by just fear, a lot of fear?
2: That is a fantastic question. And so important to come to grips with that understanding. And the fact that you've made that connection for yourself is going to be very empowering for you. Because, yes, by your fears, your worries, again, you end up in this rest cycle that shuts down the optimal functioning of your body and causes a lot of imbalances, causes diseases. You can't function well with uh, being scared and frightened of everything, with your heart racing and uh, your blood pressure rising. And if you stay in that state in a chronic way, yes, you could cause stroke, heart disease, diabetes. All of these things can be helped once you recognize that you're creating this outcome and you can change it. So there's a lot yes. of different ways of changing it. Some is obviously using some techniques to really quiet the nervous system. And, of course, there's nutrition and exercise and all the things we yeah. you know. But it's developing an integration of this in a way that really serves you.
3: Yeah, that's why I was very confused because I was eating organic foods and taking my vitamins, riding my bike. And yet I had this heart failure. I was so upset. And then I realized, I realized your mind could do a lot more than what food can do. It could really <laughs> kill you. You know, it could really hurt badly. Yeah, yeah. And,
2: and here's the thing. You know, we get these fearful thoughts, and we get these worries, and we're focused on that, and that spins more and more. We get physiological reactions to our thoughts. And guess what? At the end of the day, you are not your thoughts, and you can yeah. give yourself permission to table thinking about it. A lot of the clients who I work with who suffer anxiety, I actually have them schedule uh, 15 minutes in the morning, every morning, where they're allowed to focus on their worries and focus on the fears. And the rest of the day, they have to let it go. If other fears and worries come up during the day, they have to table it to the next morning, and they have yeah. that 15 minutes to focus on it. So you can right, begin right. to train yourself. To focus on more positive things in your life, a focus on wellness. You could even focus on your cells and tell your cells, talk to them, command them to be in balance yes. and to be healthy. And I know it sounds kind of silly, but if you start doing it, you suddenly start feeling better. It's amazing right. how powerful the mind is. Great yeah. question. Great
3: Thank question. you very much. Have a great day, everybody. Bye bye. Thanks, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Dylan. Thank
0: you.
1: Thanks, that was a good question. That's an awesome a question
2: because I, I, it's so true. There's so many things we can do, and we do do without realizing it. And so, once we begin to realize, we can begin to change that and, and allow ourselves to have an easier time.
0: <laughs> I think we have some else that cycle. we have. Yes. I think we have somebody else may have a question. One, 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 you're on.
2: Oh, hello. I'm outside. I hope it's not too windy in the background. But I just, leaving from that last question, it's a similar one. I was reading an article. um, I kind of scanned it. And it was saying that different emotions can um, create particular diseases and particular organs, like, if you have a lot of hatred and anger, it can affect your liver and you can end up with kick liver disease. You know, I think a heartbreak and depression you can end up with heart disease. Do you do you know anything about that? And is that, um also an Asian kind of um perspective? It is to some degree, though there's been a lot more research now and a lot of more contemporary um, techniques that have been developed that really articulate those understandings. And um, the Eastern influence has shown us that we have a body that's energy and we have these different centers of energy. So in Sanskrit they're called chakras. And there's seven basic chakras that the energy flows through. So if any one of these centers gets blocked energetically because an emotion is stopping that energetic flow, yes, you develop these imbalances that turn into dis-ease, right? And different different types of can affect different parts of your body. Even to the point where, a little bit off topic, but it kind of dovetails with your question, even to the point where um, I have a client who um, has been offered just an extraordinary ambassadorial job, uh, very exciting, and uh, was on, on her way to give a speech and broke her leg. So that was a mindless, kind of experience where she wasn't paying attention and she broke her leg, but it was also a bit of a sign of her fear of moving forward. So she impacted her mobility. So there's lots of these different signs and lots of different ways that uh, our emotions can enter into the energetic balance of the body and cause disturbances. So, and in fact, um, a lot of, uh, Lung issues can be uh, caregivers often get lung issues after um, they've been caring for someone for very long periods because of that compassion near the heart center and the lungs and so forth. So there are a lot of correlations, far too many to really get into, but I think that's another really great question. And emotions definitely cause energetic changes and Those changes can definitely influence our organs. So, good perception.
0: Thank you.
1: Thanks for the question. Did we lose that person, Lamont? Yes. Okay. So, um, I I had a question of. I got distracted by that, question, that last one, so I forgot what it was. Um, I, oh yeah, I think it was about anger. Um, I think that uh, uh, many, you know, I, I I would hesitate to say that there that an emotion directly causes an illness, but it certainly can can make it worse or set up a situation in the body that that uh, would make one susceptible to certain difficulties. But I'm particularly interested in um, what you might think about anger, uh, Peggy, and what role it might play in in dealing with stress.
2: Again, there are a lot of emotions like anger, hate, jealousy, that actually are very low-level vibrations. And when we hold on to those low-level vibrations, they do get stuck in the body. And so they can influence the functioning of the body, the nervous system, the the neurology of our bodies, uh, our organs. And so anger is such an overwhelming emotion, and it really takes over in terms of one's mental focus. It's sort of hard to think about anything else when you're angry. I mean, think about it right now. Think about something that you might feel angry about and notice how that feels to you. Notice how that might feel in your body. Just feel the anger. There's, there's tension with anger which causes stress. As soon as you have that tension mounting in your body, you can feel it shutting down the flow. You cannot be relaxed with anger. So now... Switch over. Think about peace. Think about love. Think about someone you really love. And notice how that feels in your body. Just notice the spaces, Notice the energy. It's completely different. It's a much higher vibrational level, and it's much more true to our nature as human beings. In fact, I just uh, read something the other day that I thought was so funny that uh, describes human beings as animals who worry.
1: Huh.
2: So our cats don't worry, our dogs don't worry, but we worry and we get angry. And so those emotions are what differentiates us from our dogs and cats ultimately over extended periods can be harmful to our to us.
1: Mm-hmm. Peggy, how did you get into the into the field of helping people with? Uh, I know this is a big question, but how did you get into the field of coaching and helping people with stress and anxiety?
2: It's really been a circuitous route. <laughs> I've um, I've. It's interesting because I feel like I've been doing it my entire life. But I actually started out in as a journalist in New York City, and uh, talk about stress. And I experienced extreme ups and downs. I'd feel really productive and happy and content about what I was doing. And then I'd be so happy and productive and so high that then I'd crash and burn. And I'd I'd get sick. I'd get the flu. I, my neck would go out. Or I'd get a backache and I couldn't function very well. So I kept going through this cycle. And I thought, well, this is just how my nature is and this is what I – you know, how I function. And then I started studying yoga way back in New York City at the Integral Yoga Institute. And that gave me a bit of an understanding and an opening to begin to explore a different way of being and to be able to manage these highs and lows in a completely different way. And then I've studied at so many different modalities, uh, but the crowning glory was really training with, Uh, Yogi desai we call him Gurudev. And he just brought an understanding that was so empowering that I felt it made it so easy to de stress and to feel a sense of empowerment that I felt I wanted to share this with other people. And I actually, at the time that I started working with him, I had an advertising agency. So I thought, people need to know about this. I need to market this to the world, you know, and share these techniques. And so one thing kind of led to another, and then I trained in all these different modalities that I've trained in. And uh, But the core is really the Eastern understanding. But I've, I've okay. brought it to the Western through um, teachings to corporate groups as well as, you know, coaching individuals. But it has been – for me, such a gift. And I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to share what I've learned and to be able to help calm their obstacles and their imbalances that are holding them back from being all that they are. And as you can probably tell, I'm pretty passionate about it.
1: (laughs) I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, Is is, uh, your teacher still alive?
2: He is. He's in his mid-80s, and he's still doing workshops and teaching, and he's really remarkable. I was wondering about
1: that. Where where is he Yes, He
2: actually actually founded Kapala, which was one of the first really major centers um, of yoga, meditation. And uh, over the last 15 years, he's developed the Amrit Yoga Institute, which is a thriving yoga and Ayurvedic center in Salt Springs, Florida. And it's a phenomenal place. Uh, it's just beautiful in where, to be there. Where? Florida? I it's live in Florida. So. Spring. It's um I don't know where just is. outside of it's just outside of Ocala. And it's in the okay. middle of, of the Ocala National Forest. It's right alongside okay. Lake Kerr. So it's just this beautiful retreat and, and you just feel so nurtured and so empowered. And so the challenge is when you study there taking that feeling and that understanding out into your everyday life.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm glad I asked you that question.
2: <laughs> Great questions. I love the Collins. That was awesome.
1: So, so I just want people to know that as we've been talking to you, there's been a swishing noise that goes off and on while you're talking. And, um, they might be confused to think that that's a traffic, but it's not. I think that's uh, Alabama mosquitoes passing by out there, so you better be oh, careful.
2: Probably. Actually, it's probably me jumping around in these weeds because I keep stepping on these red ants that keep going up my legs. And <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm really challenged out here today, but um, but this is really fun. So, again, I thank I you for the opportunity.
0: I kept hitting he- <laughs> cars. Boy, well, I thought you was dodging cars out there when he was swishing by. So. I told
1: you it's mosquitoes.
2: Yeah, I I think you are hearing the road traffic I was trying to find a nice quiet place But uh, I ran out of time (laughs) As we were traveling So I apologize
1: Well, I hope you're okay (laughs) Nothing bit you out there in the bushes
2: Oh, I'm fine Again, you know, it's uh, accepting what is as is Yep, I've gotten bitten I'm scratching my legs For what? You know, it's not life or death And it's just noticing, oh well (laughs) I hope not I mean it's it's not um you know, it's uh it's fine. It's fine.
1: Okay. All right, good.
3: Well,
0: <laughs> well if you sue Matthew, um, I don't know nothing about it.
1: You what? What did you
2: say? I, you.
0: <laughs> I was telling Peggy don't sue Matthew for the for the ant bite. Uh. Oh, no,
2: heck, it's it's my own fault. Well, the other thing that happened, (laughs) which is so bizarre, is as uh, we moved into Alabama, I did not realize that we're in a different time zone. So, uh, you know, I use, uh, I have a wonderful uh, electronic digital watch that ties in with my phone, and all the times changed without any sort of notification, so that's why I'm, I've ended up in the weeds. <laughs> I'm
1: glad you were paying attention there, so you. I didn't realize Alabama was in the Central Time Zone.
2: Just a portion it of it, just this little piece that okay. we're going through right now, but I just didn't realize it. So I'm glad I did realize it in time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, some people might say that all of Alabama is like in the 1700s. So I don't know. You probably
2: <laughs> <laughs> actually there are some great areas in Alabama, and I'm a golfer, so. There's a phenomenal trail called, called the Robert Trent Jones Trail, which are these oh, yeah. fabulous golf courses. And it's actually really helped the economy of Alabama because it brought so much uh, revenue through golfers coming through the area. Well, you
1: must live in Alabama, do you?
2: No, I actually live in southwest Florida.
1: Where do you live, Peggy? I
2: you I'm can't in tell Florida. you where she lives,
1: Matthew?
0: <laughs>
2: You, you want the know, whole in, world
0: I, to know where Peggy uh, lives, Peggy. I have another question uh, you, before before Matthew sure put your that. address. So before A through before Matthew put your address, your address <laughs> on glass. you <I'm> try <laughs> to tell the whole world where you live.
1: I'm going to tell them where you are so they can find you. One one eight Orange Avenue. Peggy.
0: All right, I'm writing
2: not, that down. <laughs> all
1: right, we're, we're not listening to him
0: anymore. But Peggy. Uh, I'm seeing yes. here sometimes people often talk about uh, working on a relationship. Uh, and in your idea, what does that mean exactly?
2: <laughs> That's a good question. I think a lot of times we misunderstand what it is to work on a relationship, and we get sort of flustered that something's not working, and so we're quick to abandon it. And um, oftentimes it's really about... Having compassion, really not losing sight of what's important in a relationship, so that you can really accept the other as they are, and accept yourself as you are, and work on yourself. It's really about increasing communication. So, so often, you know, um, it's situations of of habits that evolve in relationships where um, you kind of get caught up in the everyday and. Uh, she gets annoyed because he leaves the toilet seat up he gets annoyed because she never fills the gas tank in the car and those kind of things become the focus rather than the things that are really important those are just the superficial stuff that we allow ourselves to react to in ways that can harm our ability to really enjoy the fullness of our relationship so it's Paying attention to that and being able to really increase communication so we're not misinterpreting what the other person is saying. Oftentimes things are said that, um, you know, a a husband might say to his wife, I love when you wear your hair up like that. It looks great. Well, she only hears, oh, my gosh, he hates my hair when I wear it down. So it's really (laughs) checking those insecurities at the door (laughs) and really looking at the bigger picture. And there's always bumps in a road, you know, in the road with a relationship. So, one of the key things is really to come back to what you really care about in the other person and what you care about in yourself. And uh, look, there are times when we're in relationships that are toxic, where we're codependent, and it's important to face that as well. But at the end of the day, we're really learning about ourselves through our relationships, and that's the greatest gift is being able to grow and become more of the person we really want to be.
0: Fantastic. I had to ask that question for you, Matthew.
1: Thank you. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> I knew you wanted to ask that, you just, I knew up. you wanted to know the yeah. answer to that, but you were just holding up.
1: So, Peggy, I just started out this with abuse, and I'm ending up with abuse. And I'm telling there you, you go.
2: <laughs> you're going to have to
1: come back and help me out with this relationship I have with Lamont. Uh,
2: I would be happy to. <laughs> yeah, you have to
1: do some coaching here. And see if you... we, we only live about, uh, Peggy, we only live about 90 miles apart. I live in Boca Raton.
2: Oh, for goodness sakes, I'm over there quite a lot.
1: Well, you'll have to come visit
2: We'll have to connect, absolutely
1: Yes We can talk about Lamont and his problems
0: All right <laughs> Well, why would you want to do that? I'm, 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 I'm available to fly in any time So why would you want All right. to do that? You could, you could even do one even better
1: <laughs> I could have you over I could have yeah. you and Peggy maybe. She could help us out here, I think, maybe
0: I mean, I'll sit there fun. and enjoy. I'll sit there and enjoy lunch and won't even comment.
2: Okay, I have my calendar out. When do we want to do this?
0: Peggy <laughs> <laughs> don't know. I got my bags packed, Matthew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: this
0: this was a setup.
1: <laughs> oh boy, there, there, there you you go. Listen,
0: listen. We we down to the last few minutes of the show, so please take this time and tell all our listeners. Please. Contact with you, get your books, email you, and know, all that good stuff.
2: Sure, I'd be happy to. Well, again, the, the best way to get me is uh, through my website, which is com, And again, um, the free tool, the 3minutes2destress.com, to um, also can guide you into the website. Uh, for my books, stonewaterstudiobooks.com is a good way to access all the different books that are available that, that just help share all these skills in a way that um, are very accessible. You know, I, a lot of them are very bite, bite-sized approaches because I know everyone has busy, crazy lives and it's, um, it's sometimes difficult to um, commit to these uh, techniques and so it's it just one step at a time, taking the first step and um, making it available. So I hope people will just come and check out my because I have a lot of other free tools on there as well that they can get access to. So, again, it's Com, And, again, Matthew and Lamont, you are awesome, and I thank you for having thank me you. on today.
1: Peggy, thank you for, for braving the bushes and the ants and being with <laughs> us. And we wish you a safe and, and uh, bug-free Rest of your trip. <laughs>
2: thank you, thank you. Bug yes, free. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for that as well.
1: <laughs>
0: definitely. Thank you. Thank you again. And we definitely want you to be bug free. <laughs> and for those of you that joined us a little bit late on this very interesting and and exciting show, and hopefully educational, can help with your relationships, with your business, and um, all that good stuff. The show will be available worldwide, uh, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you get your music and your podcasts from, and even from my website, worldmovement.com, on Facebook, Blog Talk Radio, Instagram, LinkedIn, Uh, let me see what else, WhatsApp, I think it's someplace else you can get the show. But uh, come back and join us next week. Same time, Matthew and I will be here. And we appreciate and want to thank all our callers today. Great questions. We appreciate you and love you much. And see you next week, same time.
1: Take care, buddy.
0: See ya.